Welcome to Marketing for Your Boring Business, presented by All-in-One Social Media, where marketing professionals and industry leaders discuss what you can do to help your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. Join us each week to learn more about social media, online marketing, trending topics, and tips to grow your online marketing efforts. Now here's your host, Desiree Martinez. Welcome to an episode of Marketing for Your Boring Business, helping your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. With all of the craziness that happens on social media on a regular basis, algorithm changes, all that fun stuff that we've talked a lot about on the show, there's a big part of Facebook that we are missing, and that is Facebook groups. Now, people that have been on the show have mentioned it from time to time, and I felt that it was time to dive in to Facebook groups so that you guys can know how you can use it for your business, whether it's to create community, to monetize, or whatever it is your goals are with your social media, Facebook groups is another option and another place for you to accomplish that. So today I am talking with fellow military spouse, Kristen Smith. Kristen started blogging as an outlet during college. From there, content creation and a dynamic online presence, power growing and selling blogs, Profitable brand partnerships, ghostwriting opportunities, and works with professionals from new entrepreneurs all the way up to Fortune 500 executives. Now she leads the conversation at Blog Your Genius, a community for women wanting to get out of their box for a professional opportunity. She's also a 14-year Army spouse and has one kid, three dogs, and a horse. And if anyone knows anything about military life, you know we move a lot, especially those army people. So PCSing with the horse seems pretty intense, but they do it. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you for having me. All right. So Facebook groups. Why do you think that it is important for a local or really niche business to have a Facebook group in like this sea of all of these marketing opportunities like email and building your list and Facebook and Instagram and there's so many places that you should be like what's the argument to having a Facebook group? Well first I I don't think that a Facebook group is for absolutely everyone so I'll say that straight off the bat not every single business and business owner is going to benefit from having one so going into it knowing maybe you know, it, it's an ROI thing. I have to determine if this is the right fit for my business is always the, the first consideration. But the second point, and the reason that everyone should at least consider it, is because we have consumers in general have so much choice in their shopping now. Literally, there is very, 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 very few uh, situations where someone has to come to your business for a particular product or service. With everything out there in internet shopping, there's so many choices. So it's probably not the specific product that is bringing them to you, it's the relationship with your brand. And Facebook groups are an incredibly powerful way to create community around your brand to make it more about the relationship between you and them and what that means to them And so it influences buying decisions in a world where people make their choices based on emotional reasons. Okay, so we're going to dissect this in two parts. So back to your first point, which was not everyone should have a Facebook group. So what are some questions that our boring businesses can ask themselves about whether starting a Facebook group is right for them or not? 
Absolutely. So I think the first consideration is Facebook groups are a really good fit in one of two situations. One, you have there's something about your product or service that your consumers identify as a lifestyle marker. So as an example, for military spouses, military spouse is something that we categorize ourselves, right? It is an aspect of our lifestyle. So a military spouse is a kind of um, descriptor that we would use to create a Facebook group. Another one might be people who live in a specific area who have school age kids. If your consumers are consistently parents living in a geographic area with school age kids because you you know cater to children of that age, maybe a uh, salon that specializes in kids' haircuts. That's a really great business that would benefit from something like a Facebook group because there's it's a lifestyle factor, right? So lifestyle factors that are differentiators make a great perspective for a Facebook group because you have something to deliver value around. So that that's a really good one. The other category that really benefits from Facebook groups is when there's an education component. So if there's anything about your business that requires ongoing education of your client or consumer base, then that's another one that, that, that benefits from it. On a flip side, as opposed to the kids salon, maybe a high-end salon where you have um, either women or men who have uh, an interest in ongoing maintenance of hair or skin or self-care, but they're going to want to be coming back and they're going to want to know about new things that are happening and ongoing trends or upcoming trends. If there's any kind of ongoing communication piece, then that's, that's another business that would benefit from a Facebook group. So like for boring businesses, maybe let's put that in a little bit of context. So from what it sounds like you're saying, I'm going to use like a dentist as an example. So if a dentist wanted to start a Facebook group, he could go about it in two different ways. He could, one, create a business for maybe the area he services, like his zip code or an area that he lives in where it's like, you know, the people of... 90210, right? And it can be a Facebook group that he leads. And maybe he could even include other service-based businesses as a part of this community. So it's like, okay, I'm a dentist and, you know, people that have dentists, you know, maybe there's also someone that has pool care and someone that's um, a roofer and someone that's a plumber and someone, you know, these kind of things that everyone needs and they service a specific area. So those people could create a Facebook group specific for that um, that community, like that literal community of like through a zip code or an area. Absolutely. And with, with groups, you have the opportunity to really kind of focus in. And for example, speaking to your dentist, I would probably suggest that a dentist focus on things that have to do with health and wellness. So maybe the dentist gathers together a group of businesses that all have something to do with health or wellness. And in this group, they provide, you know, education about things that are going on locally and resources locally. And, and so there's a lot of benefit for their particular customer who is interested in those services. Okay. And okay. so with the other point you're talking about, with the other kind of group that you can do, you're, you would maybe, that would be like an experts group. Like maybe you make a Facebook group for dentists of your state. And like this mm -hmm. is where all the dentists go to share the latest information and what's going on. And the reason that would have value for your bottom line of sales and getting people in the chair 
is because if you are up to date with the latest technology and like maybe you have speaking gigs, you have resources, people to turn to, you're able to share that maybe with this other community you've created or directly with your clients. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. So now that we understand the different kinds of groups, (laughs) because it's just, I'm just trying, I'm trying to break it down for myself as well because I really want to understand this better. So what are the benefits going to be of having a Facebook group and being active and taking that initiative to dive into it versus what I'm doing like with the Facebook business page. Right. So Facebook business pages and groups are treated quite differently when it comes to the algorithm. And like with all things Facebook, it changes constantly. So I wish I could tell you that groups show up in your news feeds more than the business pages, but it's Facebook. So things are, are likely to change at some point. It's all based on your settings anyway. So. It is. And, and it depends on your, your consumers' clients' activities. But what we do know is that Facebook is prioritizing groups heavily. We know that they have in their, they've changed their mission to reflect the importance they place on bringing people together and starting conversation. And because groups are the feature on Facebook that is designed specifically for that, we know that they are putting a heavy emphasis on groups and the connections that people make and groups are are a place where that that happens. So Facebook is kind of primed to optimize your connection with people through groups. Uh, So we might as well use what Facebook is wanting to do, kind of like with video, it's the same sort of stuff. Um, At the same time, there's also, you know, kind of the flip side is it's a little bit less formal way to connect with your consumer base as opposed to pages. Uh, I tell my clients on a regular regular basis that your Facebook page is like uh, formal announcements, right? So there's conversation and, and there's engagement there and there's um, all of those things, but you always have to look at it a little bit like a business card or an, an official communication channel between your business and your clients. It also has the benefit of you can Facebook advertise. You can like tap into the advertising component of it. And um, really share that there. And if you're doing it right and like having a regular presence, you're making Facebook happy, especially if you're giving them money. And I personally feel like Facebook is really falling into this place of Google. Like you have to have a website and you have to be there. So it's like it's like two thought processes tend to go through people's heads nowadays, which is, all right, I'm going to go look up online. Okay, they have a website. Cool. Oh, hey, look, they have a Facebook page. Let me go see what they're doing. If they've posted in the past week or two, I know that they're like taking their business seriously and that they're being active and, and it's just the mindset. And I feel like maybe it's a millennial mindset, but it's still a mindset people are going into. So that's where I, I personally feel where Facebook pages yeah. kind of live. I, I find Facebook pages are one of those like necessary marketing channels to prove that you are a real functioning, respectable business. Business People want to be able to tag you as a business when they talk about you on Facebook. So your business page is vital for that. And they want to be able to find pictures and interactions um, so they, they kind of know what they're getting into. So it's essential for that. A group is where you actually connect and have a conversation. And so if your business would benefit from having an ongoing communication or ongoing conversation with your clientele, then it's worth looking into. So I want to touch on something that you just said right there. So you said if your business wants to have an ongoing, more personal relationship with your customer, doesn't that mean then you have to be doing it as an individual versus a business page? Because I feel like with like a Facebook business page, like that's like 
the overarching, like, the umbrella brand. Like, we are these lawyers. We are these dentists. We are this construction company. But I feel like when you get into a Facebook group situation, that's, like, where I want to talk directly to my dentist. I want to talk directly to the guy putting those roofs, you know, together. I want to talk to my plumber directly. Mm-hmm. Is that what we would expect in a Facebook group? You do expect because you have to interact with groups from a personal profile. So you can't, you can interact as a page, but it's very clearly, you know, the page. So generally what I tell people is you want to connect your page. You also want to connect your personal profile and you want official announcements to come from your page and conversation to come from your personal profile. That's because a great, there is, that's a fantastic way to break them up. Official announcements versus personal conversations. Exactly. Because it, you're right, it gives people a way to kind of connect with the person behind the brand. And like I mentioned before, if, if they just want a product, they can go to Amazon and probably get it and likely cheaper, right? Because Amazon's the, the master of loss leaders. So they can do that. But we know that people like to touch and feel things and they like to have a connection. They like to have someone to ask questions, so if you can create, turn that into a relationship, then you're ahead. And why would we not take advantage of that? Awesome. So let's just say that like, I committed to the Facebook group. Now I've got like a bump in Facebook page. Like I've got that on, on point and now I'm like, okay, what's the next step? Let's build those relationships. Besides setting it up and branding and all that, all the like finer points, what do I do? Like what is, how is what I'm posting in this face? Like what different content am I posting in this group? How do I add people? I mean, I know there's a lot of like rules and etiquette about like how to add people, how to not add people, all that kind of stuff. So let's, let's unpack that part. <laughs> okay. So when you're standing up your Facebook group, there's a couple of things that you have to establish from the beginning. So when it comes to adding people, people have to ask to join. Adding people without them asking to join is like the height of social media faux pas. Can and, you and ask people if they want to join? You can, but you can provide them the link to the group. Okay. So when you put it in Facebook, when it asks you, like, invite people to join, it adds them and then asks. Don't, so don't do that. <laughs> so you don't want to do that. What you want to do is grab the URL for your group which you can do just by navigating to your group and it'll have a, uh, a URL in your, your toolbar. So you grab the URL to your group and you share it on your Facebook page and you share it in your email and anywhere else that you are connecting with your clients and you say, here's what you'll get if you come over here, right? So you give them a reason to join and you share that link and people can request to join. I absolutely 100% recommend that people use closed groups versus unless there is a really compelling reason to use a public group, um, just because I find people notice that and they're really skeptical of public groups because they don't have to actually join to see what's going on, the conversation. There's no vetting um, process. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of advantage there. And also Facebook lets you ask three questions of people when they join and it's just a really good way to weed out spam. Um, because it's pretty obvious when you ask questions, who is spam? Um, so something like if you are a local business, you might want to ask, how long have you been a member of X community? It's not really about how long they've been there. It's about the fact that they live there, <laughs> right? So, But asking a couple of basic questions like that, just to establish relevancy to what you have going on. 
um, just to protect your community a little bit. So that that's kind of your first step is setting that up. Your second step is setting up a basic editorial calendar. And this is having some idea of what you're going to share in the group, what kind of conversation starters you're going to have. And there's a lot of tweaking that goes along in there. You'll have to experiment and kind of figure things out. But from the get-go, generally, I would recommend people have kind of two weeks of posts prepared when they first start their group. So you're not sitting down every day trying to figure out what you're going to talk about. People like consistency. So from the very beginning, I always recommend that people utilize groups for going live because it's a great way to, again, boost that personal connection. So um, if we go back to our dentist's office, then maybe the dentist's office every Tuesday morning before things you know kick off with their appointments, they sit down in their office and talk about a tip or something that's going on or a service that they offer or maybe a little how-to in talking to your insurance. So some kind of little educational benefit for people who are in your group that makes it easier for them to see the value and engage with your business. But you do it at the same time every week as frequently and consistently as you can. That gives them some predictable content. So you make a plan for all of that. And then your next step as you get to the point where you're ready to start adding people to your group, you find your cheerleaders. And this is a really essential part of growing an engaged, effective group. Because the reality is that you can't, you can't carry a conversation by yourself, right? It takes multiple people and give and take. And people do not like to be the first person to stick their head up and ask a question. They, they want to kind of go with the flow and they want to see what everybody else is talking about first. So I really recommend that people find five to ten folks and back to our dentist, this might be the hygienist, right? And maybe a handful of longtime clients that they know, you know, are, are their brand evangelists. They know are the people who refer folks and they talk about them. Um, it might be the people in the practice. It might be folks that they have some, you know, some kind of business relationship with. So we add those people to the group first. We encourage them to get the conversation started. So even once a group is really well established, you're still going to tap into this kind of core group of people to keep things on focus and the conversation rolling. I have for my cheerleaders, I give them a little, you know, something in exchange for it. So sometimes they get Starbucks gift cards. Um, sometimes they get credits for uh, my services if there's someone who uses them. Sometimes they get promotional space inside my groups or my Facebook pages or my email campaigns as a thank you. But these are the people that I tap when a conversation is kind of going off the rails. Or if I have a promotion, but I want to promote it really organically, I'll tap them and say, hey, can you ask this question in the group mm -hmm. so that I can respond to it and promote that way? So having people there to get the conversation going is, is really an easy way to sort of model for people what you want your group to look like and do. Is it appropriate or taboo or whatever the right word is to ask our evangelists if they will share the group with people that they think would benefit from being in it? Absolutely. You, what you don't want them to do is add people automatically and you can control that in the admin settings. So you can make it so that only you can add people. So you don't want them to add folks automatically, but they can absolutely invite them. 
if you have any kind of referral or ambassador program, then this is a really good way to invite folks to do that for you. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back after a quick commercial break. This podcast is brought to you by All-in-One Social Media. All the social media your business needs starting at $125 a month. All-in-One started with a mission to put military spouses to work anywhere they are stationed in the world while making fair wages with job flexibility no matter what military life demands of them. With packages starting at just $125 a month, All-in-One will help your business grow through social media with custom graphics, daily posts, targeted Facebook advertising and more. All-in-One's packages cover all your social media marketing needs with unlimited support and feedback, as well as advice for posting and marketing that you can do yourself. Head to allinonesocialmedia.com today to find the package that's right for you. That's allinonesocialmedia.com. And now back to the show. So what are the kind of things that you encourage people to be posting in the group? Because again, your Facebook page is about like being informative and educational and, you know, still... It's about that balance of like 80, 20, 90, 10, education, promotion, all that stuff. I feel like in every Facebook group, it's everyone kind of has their own like rhythm to it, their own voice to it. And I'm sure that that comes with time. But how do you recommend people get started? And what do you think it is that they should be posting in these groups that's different from the page? Right. So like with pages, groups require consistent content because just like with, with pages, how people see it in their newsfeed depends on how much they engage with it. So they need to be interacting with current content and constantly new content in order for it to keep showing up. Uh, but the, the focus of it is a little bit different because it's really intended to create conversation. Everything that you do in your Facebook group should be inviting replies, right? The, exactly what that looks like is going to be highly dependent on the type of business. But in general, what I start with is I am always going to build it around as many opportunities as I can for people to talk about themselves, whatever that looks like for your business. So whether it is, you know, showing pictures of whatever the you know relevant topic is, whether it's asking them for their experiences about something, asking them for their thoughts on a new product or service, what would they like to see? People like to talk about themselves and groups are the perfect place to do that on Facebook. So we want to invite people to talk about themselves as much as possible and as closely related to the product or services that you offer, uh, because that's what's going to get a conversation going where you can deepen that relationship. It gives you a lot of information about your client base as well, which can make your promotion so much more effective. Um, so it's a great way to gather information as well but it, it just keeps people replying and asking questions and talking back and forth because your group visibility is dependent on people talking to each other, not just to you. Got it. Okay. So that's really helpful. I also really love your idea about like us, a planned live every week because live video is the jam, but plus I feel like the replays are really beneficial as well. Absolutely. So on the subject of questions, I have joined some groups where they ask me in my three questions, like if they're on my email list or if they want to be, if I want to be added for this six things you have to do for a local Facebook group or like whatever, like your opt-in is that you've created. So what are your thoughts on using Facebook questions in that way? So I, I think that it was a, a really good effort that a lot of businesses made. I think it's going to go away. 
um, the ability to do that because of what's going on in the EU with GDPR. Because what's what's changing, and for people who aren't, you know, up to their eyeballs in email marketing and may not have, <laughs> may not have, this might not have have, have, have hit you yet. Um, so GDPR is a new regulation in Europe about digital marketing. And one of the things that it requires is active consent to be marketed to via email and control over your personal data, including your email address and uh, what your uh, internet history. So using things like pixels, um, which has become so central to how we market using Facebook and, and in email. So, but one of the things that's gonna happen is that GDPR requires that people actively check a checkbox um, and agree to being marketed to, which means that, you know, where it used to be is we would offer people an opt-in, they would sign up, get the opt-in, and then we could send them marketing emails. If this regular, for Europe currently, we can't do that. So now with GDPR in effect, they have to also agree to be marketed to and receive the other emails or all we're allowed to send them is the opt-in. Mm-hmm. So those are separate process, separate consents now. Yes. And so there have been a few, there have been people I've seen it quite a bit of asking that question and putting manually putting people onto your list. I don't think that's going to fly moving forward. You can still get away with it in the United States and in other parts of the world, but I think it's going to go the same way over the next couple of years. Yeah, I think, and uh, a little off topic with like just talking about like internet security, I think that like the whole thing with Cambridge, the data issue they've had, you know, Facebook is really like they've made a lot of changes like initially before the Cambridge issue with um, emphasizing users' experiences versus being so catered to marketing. I think the Cambridge thing has even made it worse. And, like, they just had the big Facebook conference at the time of this recording where they're also going to be introducing a clear history tool, which is essentially, like, when you go to your Internet browser and you clear, like, your cache and your cookies and your passwords, it's essentially going to be a Facebook version of that, which is going to be any Facebook pixels, any place that you've been, anything that you've talked about or you've gone to or whatever – by being able to clear the history, it's going to give your Facebook account like a super fresh start yeah. from a marketing perspective. So they're making a lot of efforts to make user experiences much better. And while well, a marketer that makes my teeth hurt, but my <laughs> brain fried, but it is about, at the end of the day, it is about your user's experience. And I think and I- that things like Facebook groups are going to be a great way for you to have a much better relationship with your current and potential clients. Absolutely. And I think that with regards to email, while gathering emails from the questions is a really easy way to do it, the reality is that if you are doing your content well, you're not going to have a problem getting people on your email list. Yeah. So if I tend to send people from my email list to my Facebook group, even if they got on my email list from my Facebook group, because it's harder to get seen on Facebook than it is through my email. But if you are, so if every single Facebook Live you do should have a call to action and consistently at least once a month, that call to action should be to get them on your email list. Because if you are, if you are consistently offering value through your email and if you are communicating that value during your Facebook Lives and the content that you share in your Facebook group, you're not going to have a problem getting those people from one to the other. So you shouldn't have to kind of force funnel them in it through the, through the questions. So I think that the short answer to that is 
at your own risk. Do what feels right for you and your community. Um, but I feel like we're probably advising overall, probably not the best idea just because of the upcoming changes. And like you said, you can ask people to join your email list um, when you're, as you balance your content that you're posting in the group. Absolutely. I think, you know, you can still get away with it now. I think there's a shelf life on that particular activity. Yes. So how many times a day do you think it is advisable to be posting in groups? Obviously, everyone has their own theories about it with Facebook pages. Some people are like, oh, three times a week, once a day, five times a day. And I always tell people it's all about what your audience wants and how much engagement you're getting with your Facebook pages. And I always advise a daily presence. But I know Facebook groups... It's a whole new world. So yeah. what are you? What have you found to be successful on average for Facebook groups and how many times they should be posting? So I, my baseline is once a day. but And then we tweak from there, like everything else with Facebook, because it is dependent on your people's activity. But Facebook groups give us so much information because it tells you when your people are online. It tells you when they're engaging. It tells you which posts they're engaging with. So you can use that information to use their behavior to, to give them what they want moving forward as you get going. So so that's really important is to constantly be checking that and, and reacting to it. But as a starting point, I always start with once a week or once a day, sorry, but more important than what you are posting, it's going in and replying to people. So once you get your group to the point that people are consistently replying to your posts and the best way to do that is to ask them to talk about themselves. So once you once you have that, then you have to go back in and reply to all of them. And then come back and engage and ask them questions, engage them in conversation. Because what you don't want to have happen is when someone gets into your group and they look at the group wall, it be post after post after post of just you talking to people. You don't want to talk at people in your group. It has to be a conversation. So it, you have to plan your content around what are people reacting to? How frequently will they respond? Because maybe they'll only respond to you three times a week. And so you need to dial back your content just a little bit. And that's why groups are great. And this is why I talk about the you can share the love a little bit and take some of the pressure off you by having those cheerleaders. So it might be that you post, you know, three to four times a week. But you have a couple of people, either people that work in your business or other businesses that you're collaborating with or great clients that you're, you know, you're going to offer them a little referral, you know, bonus or something. And you talk to them and, you know, twice a week, they're going to come in there and post a question and some sort of picture or something of what they did with your product. Awesome. Right? Okay. So now for the big question. How are we going to make money off of this, this relationship building? Because at some point, all of this effort, all this community, all of this chatter needs to lead to those dollar dollar bills. So right. let's talk monetization. What does that look like? How does it work? Just, just go for it. So again, here, the short answer is it depends on your business, which I re- that answer sucks because we all know it. But... At the same time, it's true. The most traditional way, so it is against Facebook's terms of service to charge for a Facebook group standalone. There are lots of people who do it, and there are lots of people who consistently get shut down (laughs) because of it. Those groups get closed quite frequently. Um, So you cannot charge people 
$6 to get access to my Facebook group. Now what you can do is charge people $6 to get access to this program and this nice workbook PDF and, you know, blah, 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 some other service. Um, oh, and there's a free Facebook group that goes along with it, which is how most people get around it. Nice. Um, and what, right. And the, the, the primary benefit that you're getting, though, is the Facebook group. So that's kind of the traditional way. The other traditional way is to, or probably most frequent way we see it used, is that Facebook groups are free, but the Facebook owner uses it to promote. And it's essentially like an email channel um, in the sense that they share paid offers and, and things like that. The best monetization strategy and highest ROI for your Facebook group is going to depend on how your clients and customers use Facebook and where they find information and then how you use Facebook and whether you find it beneficial. So there's a little bit of a Venn diagram going on there um, and we have to figure out where those two things overlap and if where they overlap is a Facebook group in order to decide if it's worth monetizing. But if your people are consistently reacting to Facebook groups, and if you really enjoy that method of communicating and interacting with people, then it's worth considering. There are a couple of different uh, functions that you can do. Facebook has recently added, if you are in a business where education is part of your business model, where you, know, you are presenting your clients or customers with education on a consistent basis, Facebook groups have recently added um, in the education type Facebook group, because you get to say what type of group you have, the ability to create units, um, which has some really interesting implications moving forward for utilizing Facebook group as a, Facebook group as a tool for online education. Um, so there's some opportunities for that where you can have a class and use a Facebook group for the class. So that's one way of, of monetizing where you can charge people to have access to information, basically. So it's, it becomes an informational product, and the Facebook group is a part of that. Um, the most popular way to monetizing it is looking at it like an email list and saying, I'm going to use this editor editorial calendar, and I'm going to consistently promote this marketing calendar's worth of material to drive traffic to my offers and convert off of that. The most important part of that is knowing how those promotions convert so, so that you can establish ROI and decide if that's an effective channel for you. Another way to monetize would be relationships with other businesses. Um, I think that local and super niche businesses underutilize the power of affiliates and referrals. It's a really spectacular way to add a uh, passive income stream to your business that works even when you have to take time off or when you have some downtime or you're in an off season. So when you gather together all of your, you know, your clientele in one place in this Facebook group, and then you share with them products and services that they already need but they trust you to give a recommendation and you earn income off of referring that, that's a great passive income stream to add to your business because it's based on the trust that you've built and it deepens the relationship that you have with those clients and makes it more likely for them to see you as a resource and they're going to come back to you anyway. That's one of my, that's my personal favorite way to monetize Facebook groups. And the other kind of 
this is also heavily dependent on what type of business you have, but using a Facebook group to position yourself as an expert and an authority is, is a really underutilized way, I think, outside of online business. Online businesses do this all the time and daily. It's kind of the cornerstone of online business is using Facebook groups to establish yourself as a subject matter expert in your topic. But it's underutilized for things like local businesses and I think service-based business, in-person service-based businesses. But positioning yourself in the community by having a community group as an expert on your community and specifically on this particular you know, service that you provide opens the doors to collaborations and to things like speaking engagements and enhanced relationships with other businesses in the community that are really powerful stepping stone to growing your business and scaling your business. And all of those things can be a little bit difficult to measure ROI. So you just have to have a really firm grasp on what you want out of it in order to decide if this is an effective way to go about it. Wow. There's a lot of wowing going on in my brain. That's a lot of really great, <laughs> a lot of options and a lot of, a lot of ways I'm sure that I didn't think about it. I'm sure our listeners are like, wow, I didn't think about that either. So that is a lot. It's incredibly flexible, which can be paralyzing because there's so many different ways that you can go, but no matter what it is that you want to do, the, the key to it is saying, okay, here's what I want to accomplish with my Facebook group in the next six months, and here's how I'm going to measure it, and then marching on from there. Awesome. Well, I think that you have given us, myself included, and all of us boring business owners, a lot to think about when it comes to what we need to do to create a Facebook group, and again... Like we talked about Facebook groups, collaborations are a great important part and you're, we're here to help each other grow together as a community. So since you now are a part of the Marketing for Your Boring Business community, how can people find you so they can, one, follow your blogging genius and learn more about that, but also maybe connect with you to learn more about Facebook groups? Absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook, we're talking about Facebook, at Blog Your Genius Community. Um, pop us in there. Also blogyourgenius.com. Um, and if you go to, I have two groups, separate groups. Well, I have three separate groups, actually, depending on your business. So there's the blog, your genius group itself, which you can find on connected to my Facebook page. I also have a group specifically for military content creators and business owners and nonprofit leaders. It's just, it's a really spectacular space for people to grow and connect. Uh, that's, that's been a particular pet group of mine and really rewarding. <laughs> and that one is under Mill Blogging Buddies. Um, so if you do a Facebook search for that, it's the easiest way to find it. And then I also have a group specifically for writers. Uh, which has been a, a really spectacular little community that has grown. I think we have about 6,000 people in there right now, but lots of paid writing writing opportunities and things like that. But all of those are listed on blogyourgenius.com under groups. Well, we will make sure to include a link to that in the show notes. Also, to help you guys out, I have a bunch of face. I have a Facebook. I have a bunch of YouTube videos on like the specific like how to set up a group, how to link it to your Facebook page, uh, how to add questions, and of course, some tips on how to create an engaging Facebook group 
beyond what Kristen has talked about today that I will include as well in the show notes. So if you are looking to set that up and you have about like an hour of time that you want to dedicate to your marketing for this week around Facebook groups, highly recommend that you go there after listening to this amazing podcast or this amazing Facebook group information that Kristen just like for us today. Probably one of the best one of the best podcasts, in my opinion, we've had in a long time. Thank you so very much for being on the show today, Kristen. I am just my mind is busy. It's ready to do this, guys. Be on the look for the Marketing for Your Brain Business Facebook group. It's gonna happen. So you hear it here first. <laughs> so, all right, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please show some love on whatever ch- channel you use to listen to this, whether it's iTunes. Google Play, or Stitcher, I would greatly appreciate it. And like we always say in military life, it is never goodbye. It is see you soon. So until next time, I will see you soon. Thanks for listening to Marketing for Your Boring Business. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share this episode on social media. Want more? Subscribe to automatically get the latest episodes of Marketing for Your Boring Business. This podcast is presented by All-in-One Social Media. All the social media your business needs starting at $125 a month.